And now, ladies and germs, we have the, oh no, the Pittsburgh Steelers could lose and that Minka Fitzpatrick pick would be lower or higher. One of those two <laughs> edition of the Dolphins In-Depth podcast. I am loser caddy of the show, Armando Salguero. Hello, star of the show, Adam Beasley. Yeah, there's a lot in the line this week. Uh, the Dolphins could either hurt or help their own draft pick or hurt or help the Steelers draft pick, which is also their draft pick. So either way, the Dolphins lose and either the way the Dolphins win. Right, but you'd have to think that you would be rooting for the Dolphins to lose for real, right? If you're a tanker, because the odds of the Dolphins having the number one pick is far higher than the, the odds of the Steelers having the number one pick. I am not a tanker. I am an ice cream truck. <laughs> I am not a tanker. I'm an ice cream truck. So let's let's talk about that for a second, okay? Uh, because I have thoughts about this whole Minka Fitzpatrick uh, situation. Beasley, so we know that in 2018 at the April draft... The Miami Dolphins were in the room. They were getting ready to pick. And owner Stephen Ross said to the entire room, why are we picking this guy? Let's not and trade the pick and get more draft picks and trade and pick later. We also know that general manager Chris Greer said, nope, we need to pick this guy. And he stood on the table for Minka Fitzpatrick, and he basically told the owner, from what I was told, we're going to pick him, and if uh, it's not good for you, then fire me. And the Dolphins picked him. Right. Okay? So fast forward to training camp 2019. By the way, can I just cut you off for one second? Yeah. Are you surprised by that level of spine by Chris Greer? I mean, that's... That was pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, that was at the time. I would say to you that uh, that's that's a big round of applause for Chris Greer. Sure. Yeah. Uh, particularly since, you know, ownership is not spent a ton of time studying the draft. And I get the idea. I like the idea of trading down and adding picks. The Dolphins may end up doing some of that this coming couple of drafts. But, yeah, if they had a conviction on Minka Fitzpatrick and went for it. So great for them. Continue your thought. My thought continues as follows. <laughs> so come training camp 2019 and Minka Fitzpatrick looks around and he hates the ideas that Brian Flores at all and the staff are presenting to him. You're going to play everything. You're going to learn six positions and um, it's going to be one of those things where you're going to be Mr. Versatile and we might use you anywhere we like. And Minka Fitzpatrick said what to that? Hell no! <laughs> exactly. So he also said, trade me. Yes. Uh, I want Audi. And this, I said all of that to get to this. The general manager of this team stood up to the owner the owner, and said, we want Minka Fitzpatrick, and I'm going to pick him. That was Armando pounding on the table, by the yes. way. Yes. But the same general manager didn't stand up to the head coach and say, hey, dude, 
Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick is us, mm-hmm. and we are him, and make it work. Right. Didn't stand up to the head coach after standing up to the owner. That makes you think what? Um, I think it's more in character with who Chris is because he is a collaborative person by nature. Uh, you can say collaborative is a sign of weakness. I don't. I think it's a sign of understanding of what the needs are of the people you work with. But, yeah, I mean, if if Greer thought that Minka Fitzpatrick was an irreplaceable part of their future, he should have pushed back on his head coach and said, look, uh, I know this dude predates you. I know he, you're not in love with him right now. He's going to help us in 2020, 2021, 2022. And 2019, by the way. And 2019. And you know what? We need his help in 2021, 20, 22, uh, because we need to keep our jobs. We need to start winning next year. And the more good players you have, the better. Now, I think it still was good value for Minka, particularly if it ends up being a top 10 pick for the Dolphins. But totally, I, I you, you make a fantastic point. I, I have one other thought, Armando. Um, Eric Rowe was brought in to be a boundary corner, right? Yep. What did he play a lot of last week? Safety. Did you hear Eric Rowe bleep and moan about it? Did you no. hear Eric Rowe try to force his way out of the Miami Dolphins because of it? Well, Eric Rowe is happy to be in the league. Fair enough. <laughs> so Fair enough. <laughs> but I think it is an interesting contrast that sure. this dude, I don't think That's he's fair. ever played safety in his life, right? That's true. And Minka played all over the place at Alabama. Granted, he was the best at slot corner, right? but he played all over the place. And you look at this defense, and I'm pulling up the stats now, and you have a bunch of DBs that play all about 30, 35, 40% of the snaps, and they all play all over. Right. That's the defense that Brian Flores wants to run. And I think over the – you don't agree? That's the defense he wants to run with this personnel. Now, if they had Stephon Gilmore, okay, uh, I think that when Xavier – uh, you know, is healthy, mm-hmm. he's not going to play 35% of the downs. Fair enough. Fair? All right. All right. If they had, uh, if if they had, like, I don't know, Ed Reed, I don't think that they would be saying, hey, Eddie boy, come on over to the bench. I will say this, though, that they would ask Ed Reed to do just as much as they'd ask Mika Fitzpatrick to do because that's... And Ed Reed would tell them, I'm Ed freaking Reed. <laughs> I'll play the safety position where I play the safety position. So you don't think they wanted to play Chris LeMond's 12 snaps on Sunday? You don't think they, they <laughs> yeah, wanted to play uh, Ryan Lewis 33 snaps three days after he signs with the team? It's weird. It's, it's so weird. Ryan Lewis, by the way, did an okay job. He did. But... The, the point is, it's just, it doesn't make, it, it doesn't, if there is, I can understand when people do one thing and then that's the narrative and that's the arc. But when, when they do one thing that is amazing and follow it up with another thing that is curious mm-hmm. at best, who are you? Who are you? And, and by the way... Um, I think Brian Flores and his coaching staff are doing a solid job, especially on defense. Definitely better than the first two weeks of the season. They've they've yeah. made leaps and bounds improvement. No doubt. And especially on defense. Mm-hmm. But having said that, 
if your if your coaching career is going to be one of if the player doesn't do what I want exactly, he's out. Right. That's going to be a very short career because guess what? Players are different. Don Shula dealt with a ton of players that were not his favorites, uh, and he won Super Bowls with them. One of those won the MVP in a Super Bowl for him, and Don Shula didn't like the guy. Right. And so that that's kind of a strange, you know, scenario. Well, how do you think Belichick would have handled that situation? If you told Belichick right now, uh, evil man, you have a chance to have <laughs> Minka Fitzpatrick on your team, but only if you play him at safety. I think evil man Belichick will probably say, "Sign me up." That's don't interesting. you think? Uh, I don't know. I think Belichick's stubborn. I think he is. I mean, Stephon Gilmore plays that corner all the time, right? And that's what he plays, and he's probably the best at it in the NFL. Uh, am I wrong? No, no, it's fair. Uh, the McCordy, one of the McCordy twins, plays back there, and <laughs> the other one plays up there. The other one plays <laughs> up there, and I know where they're lining up. And I mean, what <laughs> Belichick? He's not. He, he he doesn't outsmart himself. That's an ability. Well, he's the first one to say it's the players. It's not the scheme. Right? And he and he's the best coach. One of the best coaches of all time. Um. Yeah. So I mean, uh, that that is the one thing that is curious to me. Um. Anyway, so Minka's good for the Pittsburgh Steelers. God bless him. Do do the Dolphins get a better player than Minka Fitzpatrick? From the Steelers draft pick. I don't think they use that pick. I think they trade back. So you're, so if that pick is a number 10 overall, you think they trade back? Yes, unless there's Judy or somebody there that they love at 10 that they can't pass on. But if there's that third or fourth quarterback in the draft after they have their guy at one or two, wants to move up from 17 to 10 and is willing to give up a second-round pick to do it, I bet the Dolphins do it. I got other questions for you about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's pause for a second for this word. So, Beasley, um, I asked Mike Tomlin, who is a very smart man today, if he is at all concerned about his team under... um, underestimating the Dolphins. <laughs> that was a fun exchange. <laughs> yeah, that was lovely. Because the <laughs> Dolphins are, are, you know, not a great team. Correct. He said what? Uh, what was the exact phrase? Are you familiar with how our situation is? Yes, and we're a team, or a fragile team right now. Right. We are a fragile team. Do you think they're a fragile team? Uh, I get the feeling they're not nearly as fragile as Mike <laughs> Tomlin would want to uh, portray, to be very frank with you. They've got as good a chance of winning that division with their number two quarterback as the other teams have right. of winning the division with their starting quarterback. That, that defense they put together is ridiculous, man. It's, it, it's really good. Yeah, I don't believe that they are fragile. I wonder what that fragile team is favored by on Monday. I'm pulling it up right I now. I think it was like 15 and a half. No. no. I think so. A 2-4 and four team is a... I gotta call this up. Yeah. Uh, what? Oh, okay. Hello. Hello. All right. Okay. We got some music from uh, from the websites that I'm checking out for. Be careful us. with the websites. Eesh. Eesh. <laughs> Fourteen and a half is the line. Fourteen and a half. Okay. What's the point here or there? Yeah, that's crazy. Do you think a two and four team has ever been a two touchdown favorite? 
Um, I don't know. I, I doubt it. I, it would be ridiculous, and yet I can see that happening. Totally. But here's the question. Do the Dolphins benefit in some regard from the underestimation idea? Well, two teams in a row now, I think, have kind of stepped on them a little bit, right? Yeah. Maybe even three or four because the Cowboys... The Cowboys definitely did. Yeah. The Cowboys definitely did. I think coming off a bye, 15-day layoff, and seeing the Dolphins take the Bills to the brink last week... I think that's that'll be enough to them for them to realize, hey, we can't sleepwalk through this. Plus, man, they're playing at home. That crowd gets going. They start playing renegade. The towels get waving. You know, it'll probably be chilly. The Dolphins don't like cold weather. They're gonna come out. They're gonna they're gonna come out pumped up for that game. Yeah, that's what I I'm having like this flashback to 2007, Cam Cameron's loser 2007 ball club. Lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh. I think it was three to nothing. <laughs> I think it was three to nothing. Now, you sure that wasn't like the hurricane game where I, there was a tropical storm no, down here? No, it was, it was no, up there? I'm pretty sure it was up there. I got to call up that box it, it was three to nothing. And there was a punt that was delivered by Brandon Fields. And the punt went up and came down and landed in the turf and did nothing. Oh. Just died right there. And that's... My memory of that evening. In fact, I think it was a Monday night game. Um, it was a. It was the 26th of November. Let's check out the game center. Uh, you you had the score exactly right. It was three to nothing. Yeah, I mean, I remember it. It was like, how did the Steelers only beat the the, the Dolphins three to nothing? And I think that is that kind of speaks to. Oh my God! It was an eight a seven and three team versus an zero and ten team. Yeah. And by the way, that very year... And it was a fourth quarter field goal. Amazing. That very year, the New York Giants in London beat the Miami Dolphins, I think, I think 10 to 3. And you know what happened later that very year? Uh, they won the Super Bowl. They won the Super Bowl, <laughs> and they beat the 16 or 18 and 0 Pits, uh, New England evil people. And <laughs> New England evil people. And so... Oh, like, they, they, had a, they had a field goal... With uh, late in the fourth quarter. Oh, my God. It was one of the last drives of the game. So what I'm telling you is teams, I think, that's a real thing. Teams underestimate uh, lesser opponents or opponents that they believe to be less than. Right. And I think the Dolphins, in some respects, have benefited benefited from that. I I think that's totally fair. Um, and if you would allow me to look forward a week, who's going to overlook whom in the Gase Bowl? Ain't nobody overlooking <laughs> nobody. The Gase Bowl. Because the Gase Bowl will be, I got to keep my job bowl. Who's more miserable right now, Brian Flores or Adam Gase? That is two high levels of uh, misery. <laughs> I would say to you, one was expected, and so therefore not... Well, you know what? One more thing I want to discuss before we go. (laughs) Brian Flores is a madman uh, after games. He's just crazy. Okay, so to explain to our listeners, I go to the locker room, you go to Flores. Right. And so I just read it on a piece of paper. Oh, my God. (laughs) This dude. um, (laughs) So... Obviously, an NFL game is very emotional, and it's a highly competitive situation, and there's fire and brimstone on the sideline, and it's craziness. And 
after pouring your heart and soul into the assignment for a week and doing all that you know to do to succeed, they come out losers. Right. And Brian Flores hasn't been experienced in losing in his NFL career. I don't know if on any any level he's ever had a six-game losing streak. Fair. And so he comes to the podium after the the game, after the so-called 10-minute cooling-off period, (laughs) and he ain't cool. No. He was like... (laughs) It was like talking to the Tasmanian devil. I wish we had video. I wish there was a video aspect to... Armando's face just now was fantastic. I expected him to start spinning around and around and around and make a little self... Flores tornado. Well, he probably knows, man, this is one of three or four chances I have to win. We blew one last week. We just let another one slip through our fingers. No, but I've noticed this after most of the press conferences. <laughs> he is, he doesn't wind down easily. Right. He, and I'll tell you this, I like that about him. I like it. You know why I like it? Because I don't want a mannequin coaching the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I don't want Joe Philbin. Yeah, I was going to say, a mannequin or a Philbin? I don't want (laughs) Philbin rising from his coffin, uh, you know, because the sun went down to come to the press conference. I don't want that. Did you see that picture of Philbin I put on Twitter? You're a very mean individual. Why would you do something so mean? He looked mummified. He was at the Iowa game, and it couldn't have been warm. He was wearing a big puffy jacket. And sitting in, like, the 18th row... It's not like he was even on the sidelines. He was up in the grandstands because obviously he has ties to Iowa. Ken O'Keefe yes. is on their staff now. Amazingly, and and the and 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 the, the replies to that tweet were just savage, just savage. He, you know, Cam Cameron had his own special way of being. Joe Philbin had his own special way of being. I really have a hard time figuring out which one was worse. I really do. Um, I think at, at, at one point the players did respect Philbin. I don't think they ever respected Cam Cameron. They respected Philbin until they got to know yeah. Philbin. Cam Cameron t- turned people off immediately, including Jason Taylor and Zach Thomas, which was a bad way to be <laughs> on the first day of training camp. Welcome to the organization. Here are your two potential Hall of Famers. They hate you. They hate you. <laughs> they want you fired. <laughs> it's like... Let's see how hard they play for you this Do you think, year. all right, we'll get out of here on this one. Do you think that Flores uh, intentionally shed the roster of a lot of strong personalities like that because he knew how hard this year was going to be and he didn't want people poisoning the minds of the younger players that would be here for the long haul? Name names. Name names? Yeah, like who? Whom? I would say Larry Tunsil. I would say... Oh, my God. Kenny Stills. I would say, I mean, there are a lot. Kiko Alonso, guys that weren't cool with what was going on. Well, if they weren't cool with what was going on. No, I don't think Laramie Tunsil was uncool with what was going on. Do you think he'd be all right with where they are right now? No, but I don't think the guys that are there are all right with it. I mean, but if you're all right with but, it, you're a loser. But who's going to speak up, though? Who, who I don't think Laramie Tunsil would have spoken up. Really? Laramie Tunsil, did he speak up last year? He wasn't happy, right? Well, he would have been a captain this year, probably. He wasn't happy last year. We knew it. Everybody yeah. knew it. Him, John, John James definitely him was Him and Jawan James kind of checked out at the end. Yeah. 
And so, did he speak out? No. So, so you don't think it was intentional then? I think the Laramie Tunsil trade was, dude, please take our two first round picks and right. our two second round picks. What if it's what if the Texans win the Super Bowl this year? Yeah, there's Bill O'Brien calling. That would be crazy. Yeah. Bob is not calling me. <laughs> Trust me. So that is the, the cute that uh, we have to go do something else. We have to go to our indoctrination. So so uh, we want to thank you for joining us on this week's edition of the Dolphins In-Depth podcast. We will be back next week for the Adam Gase is on. Oh, man. <laughs> Why couldn't that be the Monday night game? Adam Gase is on the schedule. Oh, my God. That's going to be awesome. Join us next week.